So today in American Conversations, we have Amy and Todd Butterfield, who uh, reached out to us about uh, three or four months ago, and we started talking to them. And uh, Amy is Jewish, and Todd and Amy were talking about returning to Israel earlier in this year until COVID hit, and they became concerned about what was going on in Israel. So Amy and Todd, welcome to American Conversations. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm intrigued. Uh, you shared with us, you know, four videos that we are going to put up on on the sites. Uh, Todd has a site that is in Israel, focused on Israel, as well as CDM.press. Um, and I really want to begin to talk to you about how how you looked at this from the beginning, because both of you have shared that you're really concerned. Amy, you want to start? Yes. Thank, thank you, Christine. So, um. You know, as, as things were unfolding in the U.S., of course, we were we were very concerned about um, using this, you know, COVID, this disease as a reason to basically take away um, basic human rights, the the lockdowns, the the different sorts of mandates that we were seeing even prior to the the vaccine rolling out and the vaccine mandates. But um, what had happened in the meantime, pr prior to COVID becoming an issue early in 2020, we had been planning to return to Israel under the law of return, which allows us, as with me being Jewish, to um, go to Israel to get citizenship and to, to you know, make a home there. And when Israel locked down and wasn't allowing anybody in, any tourists in, really anybody in for a long time, um, you know, with a few exceptions to just be accurate, but, um, you know, and eventually requiring the vaccine of everybody, we just became more attuned to what was happening in Israel. And we were seeing how quickly and how much even more forcefully they were basically taking away basic human rights from their people in the name of public health. And Israel was, to our understanding, the very first nation to implement vaccine mandates. So they, and they had struck up some kind of a deal with Pfizer. All the vaccinations in Israel are Pfizer, vac Pfizer shots. Right. And by even as early as I believe it was March of this year, they had implemented a green pass system where their citizens were not allowed in, um, you know, a variety of public places, restaurants, whatever, you know, the gym, um, if they didn't have a shot and people were going out and taking these shots literally so they could go to the gym. I mean, something as simple as that. And what happened was they were, I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go with this or if you no, have another just, just take it where you want ask. it. Take it where you want it. Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, what ended up happening, I mean, there's a few different angles on this, but what was very instrumental for autonomy, we knew that this wasn't right, but we did listen to a human rights lawyer in Israel named Tamir Turgal speak on this matter. And he, you know, it was very eye opening to realize that, if you look at the nation of Israel, the modern state of Israel was birthed as a nation in 1948 after the Holocaust as a safe place for Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Two other things that came as the aftermath of the Holocaust was the, United, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, 
declaring human rights for all people. It doesn't matter where you live or who your government is. These are your rights. And the Nuremberg Code declaring medical rights and medical free freedom and informed consent and no medical coercion for all people. These are international things. It doesn't matter who your government is. And let's are, let me just add some context here that the second trial, the Nuremberg, the, the second trial of the Nuremberg trials was on the medic on medicine and what Mangala and his people did to um, the people that were in the in the camps and the, the forced sterilization and the experimentation. Everybody came out and said that is wrong. And that's part of the Nuremberg Code. And the origin is the Holocaust. Yeah. Yes. So to see Israel, the Israeli government require the Israeli people to take an injection that at the time didn't even have FDA approval. Now we understand that even the FDA approval is not legitimate, you know, or warranted, but at the time it hadn't even received that, but really any medical procedure that was the essence of the Nuremberg code is nobody has to do that. Informed consent It's your decision, what you do to your body. So the fact, I mean, it was just astonishing you know, and then, um, so this was all playing out in March. Israelis were flooding to get the shot because they didn't understand these issues. They wanted to go to the gym or they wanted to go to the restaurant. Um, well, what Todd and I did, and, um, you know, you had already posted Todd's article in your Zionism, was we just publicized the link to the vaccine reporting site in the U.S., and there was a group, there was a group together that, that we, we did together. It wasn't, yes. it wasn't just us. And, and yes. it, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it gave the Israelis an opportunity to report to VARES, which, you know, VARES has always included uh, ex-US or people outside of the US uh, reporting into it uh, as, as a part of it. You can scroll down and after all the states, you can indicate that you're from outside the United States. So that was nothing mm -hmm. new, but and people weren't aware of it. Isn't that for, Todd, for, for, for people who may be foreign receiving uh, the shots for U.S. pharmaceutical shots, right? I mean, it, it, it yes, has to have the Chinese, uh, somebody, somebody. The Sinovac. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So this so is this for is the US. FDA. And so for, you know, the FDA is, is tracking, right? And mm -hmm. uh, they do it also for, for, for drugs post-market, right? But, you know, VAERS is for the vaccines. And uh, so we just gave them an opportunity because you know how it is, even in the United States, people don't really understand how to report an event or that's always such an issue. Uh, events tend to be dramatically underreported. Uh, so this actually, you know, gave it to them, you know, hey, if you've experienced any, uh, you know, anything uh, after, you know, taking the jab uh, and want an opportunity to report it, it, it gave them a direct link. So that was what was the background there. And the the response was overwhelming. I mean, we saw tens of thousands of people clicked on the link within a couple of weeks of us just running the link in Israel because they didn't have they don't have a reporting site there. And mm -hmm. we also were following the VAERS data at the time. And of course, there was no way to make a definitive correlation. But let's just say when you are running this, and you suddenly see deaths 
per week go up by a thousand to fifteen hundred relative to what it had before, mm -hmm. and permanent disabilities per week go up by a thousand. Um, and Children's Health Defense also did the analysis to notice at least one or two of those weeks that it was Pfizer vaccinations that these reports were being made on, and Pfizer was the one being given in Israel. Um, we were quite confident that the fact that we had just made the link known was having a huge impact on on reports, which did showed you that any people, you you know, people just knew how to report. Did you, did you get any pushback from the government? Did they try to take the sites down or anything like that? Okay. No, it was not, never not censored by Facebook. Actually, at the end of the summer, at the, we kind of had to just due to lack of funding and whatnot, we had to uh -huh. diminish that. But at the end of the summer, we made one last little push and it was taken down. Interesting. Okay. And it was, and, and, uh, it was done through social media. Yeah. So they, yeah. Found, they found you on social media when yes. you were pushing that inside Israel and encouraging Israelis to report on the U.S. fair site. Yeah, well, yeah. at the end of the summer, we had moved to other countries. We kind of saturated Israel. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it eventually was taken down, which, I mean, and we all know this is not about public health, but if it were, they should want these reports. Right. You know? well, actually, let me say something about that, though, is that, um, yeah, while, you know, we, we did get this, uh, it's always a matter of, you know, that particular, you know, thing they say violates this particular whatever the, the overall uh, approach is is totally, you know, above board. We're just simply giving people the opportunity to uh, make this this VERS report. And if you and it would easily be um, we easily would have been able to continue to do it. It was just for lack of funding. And and we, um, you know, we were on to, you know, the next thing or whatever in our um, as 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 it as it goes. Right. And so it's a very worthwhile thing, you know, to to make it possible for people to make a VAERS report. And it's something that's not being done uh, to the degree that it really needs to. Because um, the thing is, if you think about it, how often do we do we see a politician say, you know, safe and effective? You know, mm -hmm. even regardless of what they think about mandates or whatever, they're always, you know, putting in safe and effective. And I don't know if does that mean that they're having, you know, contributions from the, the pharmaceutical company or what have you, but always in pharmaceutical marketing, fair, fair balance has, has always been, you know, very important. So I was in pharmaceutical marketing research for uh, the first part of my career for about 15 years. And, you know, you can remember when the first direct to consumer ads came out, it was almost like half the ad was all the potential adverse effects that could potentially right. happen if you took that thing. Right. And so uh, it's, it's just, it's really something that, you know, that uh, every, everyone it's, it's just set. It's think about, uh, it's really like a proxy for the pharmaceutical companies. I remember when I was on an assignment, I learned about, for example, an agency that this ad agency, they were having people pretend like they were patients, uh, right? With a particular disease. And they were going on social media and talking about their experience with that medication. And so really it was like, it was very unethical. And I, 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 I actually got walked out uh, because of you know the issue that I raised from that assignment. But if you think about what they were doing, they were the ad agencies serving as a proxy for the pharmaceutical company who could really get a, they could be put out of business if they were to advertise that themselves uh, or to do that themselves. And that's what's happening now. These politicians are being used as just a, a proxy, right? For, um, for pharmaceutical advertising. 
They're pimps. They're pharmaceutical pimps is what they're doing. And they're not they're acting as if there's no, there's no adverse effects. Uh, right. if you, in the 1980s, when they first put on uh, pharmaceutical ads in the United States, which is the first country, New Zealand was the only other country that's ever done it in the world. And they had they, they the first commercial that they put on, I think it's circa 1983, 84, they didn't have the disclaimers. And the FCC stepped in at the time and said to them, you have to have the disclaimers. That's why when we watch any of the, um, and they have vaccine advertisements on television here in the United States now. But if you see if you see the vaccines and the drug advertisements on television, they'll say take this for X, Y, and Z. But you know one, but one of the side effects may be stroke or death. And that, and so hiring an ad agency doesn't actually protect the pharmaceutical if they're put if they're putting that out there. Who was the who was the ad agency? Because well, in this case, actually, uh, Christine and and I, you know, I I did what I could to put an mm -hmm. end to it, but of course, um, they put an end. It, it was very unethical what they're doing. The ad agency was was having uh, people that they were employing who were pretending that they were patients. Okay, so yes, it was That's it was fraud. You know, this was very uh, uh, very serious, but it was a it was a tiny little. Uh, biotech company that I was, you know, doing a job for, uh, as, as a consultant and my job ended as soon as I said, Hey, you can't be doing this. So. And they know, huh. they know that's why they got rid of him. That's right. I mean, that's, that, I mean that, that's what happens. So, that, so then you, you, Amy and Todd, you set up what in the world is going on.org. Uh, Amy explain to us, you know, why you guys should do that. And then Todd, tell us what exactly you've done because we've seen four of the films and we're gonna help get those out for you. Great, thank you. So um, what we did after kind of wrapping up with that Bears Link campaign and we were kind of, you know, thinking about what to do next because we feel like it's just important to keep moving forward with resisting what is happening in the world mm -hmm. and being, you know, active in that. Um, we we decided to come up with these um, series of messages where what we're what we're trying to do in them is I'll kind of say two things. One is to really um, hone in on the timeless human rights principles and violations that are occurring that aren't necessarily connected to. I mean, all the science and medicine is so important, but we want to look at the principles that aren't affected by the latest scientific finding, that these are timeless timeless things that have to do with human rights, medical rights, and the infringement of governments and other, you know, people and entities, you know, on these rights. And to raise awareness of, of these issues in the context of what's happening with COVID so that people will resist. And, res and resistance can be as simple as saying, I even, and this even would apply to a vaccinated person as saying, I'm not going to participate in a vaccine passport system. We feel like that's so important because as people will see, if they watch our first video, this vaccine passport system is going to become much, much bigger than a vaccine passport. True. This public health crisis is being used to promote fear to tell people you need to get this vaccine, which in and of itself is very dangerous. But beyond that, they're saying, get this vaccine so that you can get a vaccine passport, so that you can have basic rights like to work or to 
you know, potentially get on an airplane to travel, whatever. Um, but that's just an entry point. It's going to get much bigger. And we want, I mean, we just feel like it's our responsibility as human pe- as human beings to tell, to warn people like we have to don't participate. It can be something as small as your workplace says to participate in this conference, you need to get a vaccine and have a vaccine ID. That, that little thing, one single event, and people need to say, no, no, it's my decision whether to get the vaccine. And if this event requires me to have a vaccine ID, then I don't need to go to this event. Mm-hmm. And imagine if half the people going to that event said that, maybe that event would just change their mind and decide it's okay. You you can come anyway. Like a lot of corporations are changing their mind now because exactly. of all the uh, legal rulings, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we really want to get the word out. I know a lot of people who are aware of what's going on, they, they want to resist and they're like, what can we do? People feel powerless. I think just that simple resolve to not comply and also to have an educated way that they can encourage other people to not comply can have ultimately a big impact if enough people were doing it. It doesn't have to be a dramatic thing. You don't have to lead, you know, a rally in Washington, D.C., even though, I mean, you could. But I'm just saying, you know, if enough people would do something that simple which actually it's not even that simple for some people. It can cost them their jobs. It can, there's mm-hmm. a price to pay. So and there is a price to pay, but I think that, that the, the longer, the, the upside of the, the longevity of this insanity is that people will realize that there are, that they're not alone in the frustration. They will, they will gain more confidence because they might have to pivot and make choices. But if they're making choices that allows them to lead their lives it will eventually give them confidence. You know, I think it's 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 the early days of not knowing how far they're going to take it and not seeing the governments putting brakes on. But now with the pushback and with the court systems, everybody's saying, "Oh, I can say no. I don't have to have it mandated for everybody in my company." Um, yeah. Todd, what, where do you see the vision of this? Go, what you guys well, want? You know, uh, I, I'm so side. glad that you uh, that you know that we're seeing some light here in the United States. But then, when you look around the world, it, it almost seems as though we have a false sense of security. And uh, what, as far as uh, you know, the vision really? I mean, as far as these these episodes, mm-hmm. we just hope to to uh, provide people what are the the timeless, uh, most important truths that we really need to understand, like know your rights, right? And, uh, and also situational awareness. So for example, this, uh, this first episode is about on the World Health Organization website, you can download what now uh, is a white paper for the technical specifications for the uh, vaccine passport uh, system. And so all the member states the idea of this white paper is to provide a guidance to all the member states as they design vaccine passports so that they'll operate together. And as a part of uh, this, one thing is as uh, everyone gets their alphanumeric uh, globally, globally unique identifier. So everybody has their own ID number, global ID number as a part of this system and a machine scannable QR code. Now let's talk about who funded that because I think that's very important for people to understand. It was yes. the Linda and Bill so, Gates Foundation. 
the, so the, yeah, Bill Gates Foundation. That's right. Who's giving and, money and, and some others that, that appears that he's kind of um, you know coordinating with perhaps. Uh, so this is very you know we're up against uh, 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 a real plan that's very aggressive, and it's important to not underestimate that. So that's kind of the, the situational awareness. Uh, as far as, you know, the powers that be, this is much, much different than a, a Democrat, Republican, you know, situation here in the United States context. This is more, uh, if you think about, I think what's very appropriate to think about is, uh, you know, the powers behind fascism as that, you know, emerged uh, going into the, uh, you know, Second World War and all of that. And that's very uh, appropriate in the second episode when we talk about, hey, you know, 55 million people in the allies died to defeat fascism. Okay. And over 15 million soldiers died. And as a result of that, as Amy was mentioning earlier, we had all the member States come together uh, at, in the UN and the UN, you know, this is, I know today we think of the UN as uh, always uh, up to nefarious things at some of us, at least here in the United States. But, you know, if you think about what they were doing, all these member states were agreeing uh, as they reflected on all the atrocities and abuses of fascism. Uh, what are limits that governments are going to agree to all the member states uh, to give everybody in the world certain human rights? And, you know, things like the right to work, the right to leave their own country um, or any country and to return to their own country. OK, right now there's legislation that is in the house circulating in the house that would require uh the vaccine to be fully vaccinated for united states people to get on a flight and there's other legislation about a vaccine registry so that the federal government knows everyone who's been uh vaccinated uh, we all know with the COVID shutdowns um as far as the right to work and all those people that you know were were, were unemployed um the right to uh, freely participate in uh, cultural activities, including education. And you think about all the students that, um, you know, that got shut out over prolonged periods of times and all the fallout, you know, um, Robert Kennedy Jr. has an excellent uh, uh, thing, uh, the, a write-up in the preface of his book about all the fallout from the, you know, the COVID regimes uh, and all of the different things that people aren't looking at uh, that have impacted public health. And so, <clears throat> These things are, um, are are rights. We need to know our our human rights, mm -hmm. and uh, if we understand those things, then you know we can we can resist and have kind of the right right frame of mind uh, about it to really understand what's going on. Uh, and then in the yeah. third episode, we we have uh, a couple Israelis who have lived under the Green Pass system for a, lo a long time now, mm -hmm. uh, and have not. They're conscience objectors. They're not using the green pass, and mm -hmm. it is you know cost cost both of them, um, and so they give very very thoughtful uh, mm -hmm. reflections about what this all uh, what this all means. So I think we lost Christine. I think she was having some uh, internet problems earlier today. But I'm curious, um, you know, Amy, we talked about this before the show, but mm -hmm. th this is a question that's come up a lot. Why are, is the American or Western secular Jewish community not woken up to these issues in your, in your opinion? 
Okay, I can't, I don't know that I can really answer that other than that they have tended to be very politically liberal, very trusting of government, mm -hmm. very pro big government, those kind of things. You can the speak for our why. family, right? I mean, you can speak for our family at least because uh, you know, you know. But I think it's just, really it's well. just true of, I mean, just because we know a lot of people, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I was raised that mm -hmm. way. And, you know, as far as why, mm -hmm. I just, I don't feel like I can mm -hmm. answer that, but that just is the way they've historically okay. been and the way they're continuing, continue. I don't know, Todd, do you have any reasons why behind that? Well, I just think yeah. in general, there's so much, this isn't, this is just the whole American population. I'm sure it's the whole world, but there's just so much brainwashing through the press, you know, yes. it's, yeah. it's, it's like these, these organizations, these massive mainstream media is owned by, you know, some of these people who want to push this agenda and it's mm -hmm. just like 24 seven COVID horrors, you know? And so I do think that the, uh, the DNC has changed a lot. Uh, we've mm -hmm. seen in, in recent years and has really, um, different than in terms of values, the, what I call Sesame street values of, yeah. you know, what I would consider, you know, Amy's family's, um, you know, really wonderful values that they raised, uh, you know, everybody up in. And I think a lot of people just haven't kind of realized that. So, so how do you break through that? I mean, I guess that's the real question in your mind. I know you, what you're doing has been effective to a great degree. I mean, do, well, how, do, how do we get this to the to that community? Well, so what we're doing right now is mm -hmm. we're, we're putting these videos out. We're expecting mm -hmm. that at least for starters, they're probably going to only be accepted by people who are roughly in agreement. They maybe just mm -hmm. they maybe don't have the full understanding of what's behind mm -hmm. it, but and we're hoping to open, you know, hopefully you know, have some, some new information for people that mm -hmm. will open their eyes and really, so they can have, feel like they're standing on firm ground with what they believe mm -hmm. that it's not mm -hmm. just, I believe right. this because, you know, but just understand the UN declaration of human rights, the, the medical rights, the, the harm that's been done. Um, I think listening to these Israelis who are actually in that situation now is going to be very, very eye opening to people. But I, so our, our thinking is as people who are in agreement can really get a stronger foundation of mm -hmm. why, um, why this is the right way to go to resist these vaccine mandates, to resist these vaccine passports, to stand up for human rights, that that can then spread from, from those people, that they'll be more confident, even like Christine was saying before, gain confidence in taking a stand in talking with others. And, um, you know, we're hoping that, I guess our long-term goal is, you know, maybe that people will, if they have a heart for a certain area, which is not aligned. I mean, if you think about places like New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, where they're already mm -hmm. going all out with the vaccine passports and vaccine right. mandates, that what we're hoping is that people who are aligned will have a heart to promote this content in those areas, whether that means through, you know, digital marketing or through personal contacts or whatever, so that we can kind of branch out from a base of people who are already aligned to try to reach people who are not aligned. Now, sadly, I think so it, another it, thing yeah. that's happening, not by any of our 
choice or wanting it to happen. But I, I believe that as people are experiencing adverse events from the shots, mm -hmm. their eyes are going to start to open that kind of what's going on here. Like Christine has, has seen in her interviews, people who have always trusted the government and the healthcare system as they're having these events and finding that no one even cares, you know, no one's there yeah. for them. Um, that's going to also, you know, sadly wake people up to realize this wasn't what I was told it would be. The people who I trusted, I shouldn't have trusted them. So that's what's what's going on in Israel? I mean, there's been a lot of confusion with the vaccine injured data. I mean, the government's saying there's no problem. Others like yourselves are saying, yeah, there's a real problem. Do well, Israelis like, know? You know? It's, it's yeah. like here, they're just, yeah. they're literally just hiding it. And I mean, mm -hmm. for anyone who's, I mean, we thought when we marketed the VAERS link or just put it out there and all these reports came in, you know, our hope and prayer at the time was that it would just become so obvious that no one could deny how dangerous these are that they wouldn't receive FDA approval. Then mm. we all yep. know what happened. You turn yep. around, they have all these adverse events and then they, it gets FDA approval. Same thing in Israel. They are literally just distorting it. They're trying to hide it. Um, you know, back in May, this People's Committee in Israel put out a report where the Ministry of Health literally went to the home of, I mean, in one particular instance, went to the home of someone who had died right after receiving the shot and said, please don't report this to anyone. Wow. Literally. See, see, but Todd, you just said something before, you know, when you talked about the big plan and, and, mm -hmm. and you know, for those of us who kind of live in the world of journalism and investigative journalism, I mean, we're, we're just, I mean, I'm a born skeptic, okay? I'm, I'm just too old and have seen too much to just believe that there isn't a bigger plan. When you pointed out how there is a white paper, it is with WHO, we all know that's public knowledge that uh, when, when uh, President Trump pulled the money out of WHO because he didn't like what was going on. Gates gave more money to WHO than he did than he did before. And he's the biggest, he was at that point in time, the biggest donor to WHO. So when we know that there's a plan there and we know that there's a vaccine passport there, a digital footprint there, a global digital footprint, a number, a global number that is going to be given to over 7 billion people on the planet. That's the plan. All right. When we have the anecdotals, or pharmaceuticals ignoring those people who participated in their clinical trials and they're injured. You know, when we first learned about that, it was hard. That was that was one of those red flags that just hit me. Why aren't the pharmaceutical companies taking care of the people who chose who volunteered to be in their clinical trials, especially when they've been damaged, all right? And they're chronic, and it's pro, pro, it's a protracted illness, and nobody knows what to do about it. I think the more that people understand that there really is a plan here, yeah. and it's not just COVID, it's not just the disease. When people come out and say, for instance, these are safe and effective after, after over a year of a rollout, when we know that there are injuries all over the world, when we know that there's more VAERS reports in the system, even though it's an imperfect system, mm -hmm. yet it has higher numbers than ever collectively for all the other vaccines in the past in the VAERS report, and it's still on the market. That's another red flag. But I think that it's hard for people to believe yeah. that there's a bigger plan. I think yes. that if we get to that, there's going to be more people saying, 
Okay, so from my ground zero, they can't see the 40,000 foot perch. They can't see the airfield, but they're going to know that, all right, I was told to stay home. I stayed home. I had a telework that was difficult to do. Then the the, egg, the price of eggs is going up. There's shipments yeah. that, that, that are you know on cargo ships in the, outside of uh, on the waters in LA and San Diego. All of a sudden they have to get a, a booster, but then they might have to get a booster every month. I mean, I think that it's a step of epiphanies when people say, oh, this isn't working out for me. But then when they come to the realization that there's a global plan for a global digital, this is this is not like getting a new social security number because you were caught up in fraud. That's this right. Is a plan for everybody in the planet that's being directed by you don't want to have you don't even have to go to the pharmaceuticals. You ha just have to go to the World Health Organization. Why should anybody in America be subjected to another entity outside of the United States? It's like when the people right. of England said, "We don't want to we don't want to have our immigration laws. We don't want to be dictated by Brussels." Yes. Yeah, yeah. I I think that and the thing is you can put a dragon in, in nurses scrubs and the dragon is a very good liar. So as soon as you trust the dragon, he's going to breathe fire on you and, and burn you to a, a crisp. <laughs> and so it's the same, it's the same thing that we've always heard, you know, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the devil himself comes as uh, an angel of light, but until you actually, uh, you know, see it and your intuition may not kick in unless you've really read a lot of history. And so if you, if you really have read a lot of history, uh, then you can understand. Yeah, um, th that's the whole history of the world is uh, people basically power corrupts. Right. And people, they get super wealthy and they want to even get more wealthy at the expense of the poor people. It's, uh, uh, you know, and and even more powerful by taking power from others, you know, away from others. Right. And so that's that's the uh, the context that everything makes the most sense to me, because this COVID thing, it's just it could have been anything. I mean, um, there's this uh, really interesting BlackRock paper that we want to do a, a, a little video on that was put out right before the whole right. COVID thing, just months before. And it basically uh, talked about how essentially all the, you know, the big Western governments are, are going broke and, and don't have much room to navigate. And so it's a plan for a coordinated uh, inflation, you know, among all the, the Western democracies to essentially pay down their debt with devalued you know, currencies and, um, you know, have helicopter money and, and all that. And then before you know it, well, well, we've had helicopter money ever, ever since COVID, you know, left, right and center. In fact, I think uh, 35% of all of the money supply that we have in in the United States has been created since COVID. You know, it took all those years since uh, whatever 1780 Coin Act to create you know that money to get to that point, and then from COVID until today, 35 percent more has uh, has has been created. And now with the uh, the central bank backed digital currencies, you know, those are not just currencies; that's software. As you know, we all know it's uh, that that is like a very sophisticated software system that keeps a blockchain record of every transaction that a person ever spends. And, uh, you know, we don't want to have 
our wallet with all of our transactional data hosted by our, our government? Well, obviously, but there's some people who do. And so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I, I think uh, we do have to recognize that, that this is a plan. And I think getting back to your question, Todd, about how do you know, get, well, we were reflecting on, well, how do you get through to the, in, in this, in this case, we were talking about the secular Jewish community in the United mm -hmm. States because they have uh, liberal values. And if I always um, would have thought that you know, they would have been very you know, vocal about these issues. Uh, as, it's as also a, whole. a very in influential and intelligent community. Absolutely. So, I mean, so that, you know, that that's, it's critical yes. to kind of change that mindset, I think, in many ways. Yeah, very important. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and some of them I think are, you know, I, I, I know. Mm -hmm. um, well, they but, are, of course. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But, but overall, you know, how do you, how do you get through to, to people? Well, I think a very important thing is uh, we just absolutely have to as do our very best uh, at least, you know, for Amy and I, we because I guess it depends on on kind of where you are. But for us, we have to do our very best to completely take it out of the whole Republican, Democrat, left, right. Completely. Yeah. You know, it's very important that uh, people come together, you know, and it, this is about human rights. It's not even really about freedom, even though it's totally about freedom, but it's even more essentially about human rights. Because mm -hmm. when we talk about freedom, I mean, that's that's a value that Americans uh, cherish in a way. And we have a certain idea and understanding of it that other other countries don't necessarily do. But that we can all come together uh, about human rights. Right? I mean, you know, freedom is is um, <coughs> mean, mean different people to different different things to different people. There are different degrees of, of freedom. But human rights is something that should be essential to every person on the planet. Well, that's why they call it. That's why they call it the Universal of Human Rights Declaration of Human Rights at the UN after yes. World War II in '48. And and also, people have to remember uh, and that not every country has a Bill of Rights. Australia doesn't have a Bill of Rights. We have a Bill of Rights, which which essentially stipulates our freedom of assembly, freedom of speech. Not every not every country in the world. I mean, we know this just as journalists. Not every journal. I mean, there are some countries where journalists cannot report on corruption. I mean, it's against the law to report on government corruption. So, well, this is why we have to save our system because it's it's so much, so brilliant and really the only right. system of mankind, human governments that works really well. And so, I think we're going to get through this and be kind of the the rebirth of the American system and dream, and hopefully be a beacon of light to the rest of the world uh, to bring those freedoms back. But that's just my, and, and you're involved in doing that, which is fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's terrific because we need to have more people. Have, have you seen some of your friends who were questioning it but didn't have the right context come over to the other side and have their light bulbs turned on? I, I would say we have, we have some friends that were kind of, um, somewhat aligned, but having the understanding of how important it is. And I, I think a huge um, part here is understanding that if you comply, you're complicit, which may sound very harsh because we're talking about people under a lot of pressure and losing their jobs and whatnot. But mm -hmm. I think that's been... Um, I think that's helpful for people. I mean, we have one friend who was kind of like, he agreed with us, but I think if it got down to losing his job, he was going to go ahead and just, you know, take the shot and comply. And when we were able to explain these principles, not only did he 
decide that under no circumstance was he gonna accept a mandate at his work. He got his whole group that he supervised to also wow. take that stand. And then mm. when you get numbers like that, you can start to see corporations change. As far as people totally crossing over, we have, we're not there yet. Other than I said, sadly, I think as people are seeing adverse events in family members, yes. I hate to, I hate that that has to be the reason, but that does seem to start people questioning, yeah. you know, should I really be doing this? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. silence is complicity. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. If there's any lesson that came out of any, any, any wars, any, any situations like Holocaust, any torture like Pol Pot, silence is complicity. You cannot turn your cheek because it may be the, the strike may come, may be directed at you next. And that, and that, and even if people have to understand that it's self-serving to speak up, they need to know they're coming after you. Well, and you I, know, you know, they're going to target everybody to win this war. Yeah, there, it's no holds barred. There, it's an all-out thing uh, for the for the people that are uh, on the offensive here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because they don't care about all of the uh, tragedy that's happening with, uh, you know, with, uh, with with the the shots, with the yeah, with the shots. And so, I think it's very appropriate what you're saying too. Is that you know you're talking about uh, horrible uh, human periods, uh, some of the worst chapters like, you know, the Holocaust or, or Pol Pot, because in our American experience, the only thing that I think we reflect on maybe uh, more recently is, uh, well, civil rights, if you're old enough. But if you think about it, as horrible as the, the civil rights system is, which is uh, very evil, right? And yet here, the people that don't have their vax pass, it's not like there's some second class of service that they go to. Uh, in the words of that uh, Australian premier recently, he was like, an unvaccinated person will not participate in the economy of Australia. Mm -hmm. You're talking mm -hmm. about shutting them out of the of life entirely. That's and a gulag. That is exactly what a gulag was in Russia. That's exactly yes. what they had the neighborhoods in Budapest. And, and, and all right. so, I mean, people need to understand this is this is a this could be a repeat of history well beyond what we've ever thought of. But it, but the most important thing to remember is that the cabal, is, as I call it, they're going after 7 billion people. This is not Hitler invading other countries in Western Europe. This is not the CCP with its eyes on the horizon. This is a plan and they're playing it out in different countries depending upon the rules, regulations and the local national cabal that's jointly doing this internationally. The target is the planet. The target is a global one, 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 you know, one digital system for everybody. And people, people, there's, there's nobody that they're not targeting. That's what's so extraordinary to this because we've never seen anything like this play out in the world in past generations. Right. And, it, and it would not be playing out, but for internet. I'm convinced of that. This That's would right. never, if yeah. you didn't have, if you did not have the internet, this could not have been played out 20, 25 years ago. Absolutely. So how, how, do, how do people go ahead? Well, no, I was just going to say, and that's all spelled out in that in that uh, white paper, just exactly how, you know, the DocuSign from 
let's say the doctor mm -hmm. that administered the shot is then, you know, uploaded. And then now you're say active your status based on the latest requirement, if it's the third booster mm -hmm. or the fourth or, or whatever it is. Right. So, but, yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask, how can people help your effort? How can our audience back up what you're doing? Thanks. So, yeah, well, definitely we really appreciate, Todd, uh, that you and, and Christine are doing this interview and are putting us on uh, on CD Media. Um, mm -hmm. I really love what what you do there. You bring views that, uh, you know, you just can't get on, uh, say, you know, the, the even Drudge Report or a, a yeah. lot of other sources. And your, your contributors are very, very thoughtful. Uh, I uh, really encourage people to uh, share, you know, share the the um, the videos with people that they think it you know would be helpful for. Um, and what we really would like is uh, for people to think about, you know, how can we promote these uh, truths together to areas that need it? If it's Los Angeles, if it's uh, San, San Francisco, if it's New York City, and maybe it's not these particular videos. Maybe it's, uh, you know, there's so many great resources out there. Um, but but certainly I think it does come back to the uh, World Health uh, Organization, that white paper. I mean, we got to really uh, make people aware of that and also how it violates our universal human rights of, of, of everyone. So I think these are good tools. And if we can... Uh, if we can uh, somehow come together to, um, you know, let let people, you know, have have these tools that uh, say places where these rights are really getting taken away. And in Austria right now, the English speakers there or in Germany, the ones who speak mm -hmm. English, who knows, maybe these videos could be helpful um, in, in or at least, you know, to have the documents and for people to really think about, mm -hmm. OK, read the read the U.N. declaration. It's not long reflect on the COVID regime that you've lived under and how, you know, how have your rights been violated? Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we're, uh, where we're thinking. We don't really have a, a good answer right now because we, we've mostly just been focused on, um, you know, putting the, the videos together. And I, I don't feel like I, I have a very good uh, plan really to, uh, you know, get well, them, get them out there and distribute them. I, I do want to add though, if someone, you know, is really wanting to get this message out um, about the, the human rights, about people standing, you know, firm, not complying with vaccine mandates and also being able to influence others to do so. And they want to work together with us on like promoting these um, videos and whatnot. Whoops. Um, hang on one second. So, yeah, so oh, sorry, I have a phone ringing in the background, but we I wanted to say there is a contact form on our um, website, what in the world is going on dot org. And if mm -hmm. people would reach out to us through that, mm -hmm. um, we can definitely find ways to work together where they can be very actively involved in promoting this information and getting this. All right. And we will we will content. post we will post the declaration. We will post Great. the white paper, all right, to let people know, because I did read that. And, Fantastic. Uh, 
and and I and I, I do think it's a, it's a key document in terms of the overall plan. I'm collecting, and I, I am collecting more documents to explain to people this is a global, and that was one of the documents I was going to include. But we'll post it with this, and and post you know the four other videos that you guys have, and lead them to your link because you're going to put up more videos. Great. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it, Christine. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, another thing I'd like to just reflect on, and I think uh, it's real important for us to mention that all of these uh, rights, and I think, you know, perhaps we all know this, but it's it's something that we always have to reinforce. <clears throat> uh, really, they come from like, it's like Jefferson says, right, in the declaration that we believe that we have been made in God's image. Now, I realize not everybody believes that, but when you believe that people are made in God's image, right, there's a certain equality that we have with one another as God's image bearers, where we treat one another a certain way. And so we're, we're living in a society where, you know, you see that other dynamic, you know, more brazen might makes right and uh, just <clears throat> the big power grab. But we... Uh, you know, we know that the, the Judeo-Christian uh, whole system, that's that's the moral foundation of, of Western civilization. And uh, the the whole idea of, of human rights, I think, really springs from that. And it's the principle of love your neighbor as yourself. And so for us, um, you know, we, we believe, uh, both of us in Jesus, Amy's talked about um, that she's Jewish. Well, you know, she's one of those rare Jewish people that really believes that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. Um, and so there's a lot of people in Israel, like, you know, I know it's not a huge proportion that, um, that, that believe this to be true, but, you know, however, uh, however we believe, if, if we believe that, uh, that we're God's image bearers, if we believe that, you know, we should treat each other, you know, the golden rule is not, you know, he who has the gold makes the rules, but <laughs> that, uh, it's love your neighbors yourself. Then, you know, we can have the kind of society that we all want to, like you said, you know, the city on a hill or, you know, uh, uh, the kind of uh, America and the history that, that we value. Without that, um, you know, we've seen where that goes. Historically, again, looking at history, you see, you know, where how did that go in, in Germany or, you know, how did, how did that go um, in the Soviet Union, right? And so this is important to keep in mind. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Really Come back. Keep in touch. We'll, yeah, we'll have thanks you back for having on. us. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks, Todd. Bye. Thanks, Christine. Thank you.